You're listening to the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast. AuctioneerTech.com. Technology, auctions, and auctioneers. Auction tech for the auction industry. Hello and welcome to this episode 7 of the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast for the week of 13 October 2008. My name is Aaron Traffis and joining me today for the first of the Auctioneer interview series is my friend Robert Mayo, C-A-I-A-T-S, A-A-R-E, and C-A-G-A. Robert is an auctioneer and broker with Mayo Auction and Realty in Kansas City, Missouri. He's also the 2007 and 2008 Kansas State Champion Auctioneer. Good morning, Robert, and thank you for joining me. Good morning, Aaron. appreciate you inviting me for this podcast. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you how you came to be an auctioneer. Um, I came from a background of uh, healthcare and healthcare information management and um, kind of stumbled upon the auction industry. And uh, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur and had been uh, studying different businesses and different industries and, and discovered the auction industry merely by chance. And uh, once I got a taste of the excitement and uh, the, the uh, just the, the very diverse aspect of it. No, no, no two days are the same in the auction industry. Once I got a taste of that, it, it really suited me very well, my personality and my my makeup, if you will. And so uh, I uh, was drawn to it immediately. And, and it's been eight years now we've been in business, and uh, we're about nine years of pursuit of of our business and eight years in business, and uh, we uh, conduct a we conduct an auction or we have an auction business in Kansas City metropolitan area and serve parts of Kansas and Missouri and primarily in real estate and firearms, coins, and collectibles. And we do some estate auctions and business liquidation auctions and also some benefit and fundraising auctions as well. A, uh, a a couple of years ago, I don't remember the exact date, but you you moved to a, a, a new facility there. I think it's on on Warnall there in Kansas City. Um, it'll, what, yeah, it'll be two years this February. Okay. Um, what was what was your business like before then, and how has having that facility changed or altered how you conduct business? Prior to um, moving to that to our our new facility, or we've been there for almost two years. We had a brick-and-mortar office in uh, a suburb of Kansas City, and we focused primarily on real estate. That was the, the main uh, the main focus of our business was real estate, both at auction and traditionally or conventionally. And um, we recognized that we were turning down some opportunities because we did not have, uh, well, basically square footage to operate and conduct auctions uh, off-site. All of our business was done off-site. Uh, whether it be estate, business liquidation, and of course real estate is mostly always on site unless we're doing multi-property auction. Uh, have having the opportunity to to open about a we have about 7,500 square feet in our facility has given us uh, opportunity to take consignment of items that we we focus on. Uh, like we said earlier, primarily firearms and coins and collectibles and, and things of that nature. Before we we didn't have the ability to take those items up consignment. Uh, and to conduct conduct consignment auctions where maybe a seller only has five or six pieces, 
but you put those all together, that's easier to conduct a uh, 400, 600 lot auction uh, and, and have the ability to uh, to uh, do our inventory management and, and photography and everything in, in a secure, safe location without having to move the items too many times. Now that you've expanded into into the personal property and you you still do a lot of real estate, I know. Uh, how do you keep everybody on the same page? What are some what are some tools you use and your procedures to keep your your real estate crew and your auction managers and your sales associates everybody um, talking to one another without just having you know all day long meetings every day? <laughs> that's a good question. We're fortunate that, and that's a moving target. We're fortunate that that we're still pretty small. So just the, the management oversight of that allows us to communicate effectively using pretty common technology like, uh, you know, using Outlook and email and, and, um, and just your run of the day technology that we all use, whether it be cell phones and, and, uh, and, and whatnot. But, um, it, it is a challenge to keep everyone on the same page. Probably, probably, the biggest thing that we've done is is to try to try to uh, give those who are in charge of those projects the the ability to make those decisions, um, make the decisions they need to make to to manage their project individually, and, and not have it too much uh, too much of a micromanaged situation. That probably would create more more headache if if we had. And I, I could see a need with that if you had more employees and bigger staff where you had to micromanage that more because you're going to break up those tasks into more uh, job-like, what's the right word, more uh, more individually tasked, Mm -hmm. where someone's just doing one task and this person's just doing this task. That would require a lot more management oversight, and and, and, uh, we just don't have that challenge yet. Sure. What are what what what's the average marketing campaign at at, at mail and auction and, and realty? What do you do for you know real estate and and personal property for for marketing in in print and, and electronic media? What's your what's your focus? Uh, you mean from a dollars and cents dollars and cents point of view, or what's the kind of what's the breakup? Uh, do you, do you do mostly print advertising, mostly internet based? Oh, neither think. both. Um, it's a, a combination of print advertising, direct mail, and internet or web-based marketing. I would I would say would be the the main focuses of our marketing. Do you see trends as far as is is an overall reduction maybe in mailers or or, or an increase in? in well, when we started out, when we started when we started, and within the first few years of our business, we we really cut back on the mailers because we saw the big push for everything. To be more internet or web-based, and um, what we've recognized is that uh, through through a kind of a uh, experiment a few years ago, we recognize we we took what we did was we started to do a, a small mailer, postcard mailer, to some of our some of our buyers in our database to see what kind of response we would get from that. And what we've seen is, in our opinion, it's kind of a renaissance back to the old school of marketing. People appreciate getting those mailers, and we've had people that have come to the auction who said they wouldn't have come if they didn't receive that mailer. So we've kind of gone back to some old-school techniques. There's no doubt that those mailers, our goal is to push them to our website where we can put more information on and have an extensive catalog with more more, more photographs and more uh, more detail of the items. You just can't put all that in a mailer or, or uh 
on paper without spending a, a ton of money. So the goal of the the goal of any marketing is still to get them to take action, whether it be to come back to our website and register for the auction or to come back to the website to get the additional information that they need so that they're compelled to come to the live auction if it's a live auction or or register if it's an internet only auction. Who does your uh, who does your website? Uh, we're, it's self-maintained. Uh, we do it ourselves. We uh, we had uh, we had an individual that helped us develop it uh, in the beginning phases, and we've we've taken that over and we manage it ourselves now. And what 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 was the what are, what are the pros and cons of of doing doing that? Uh, pros less money, cons less time. Sure. <laughs> um, it's. It, and actually, I think you probably add a few more to that. Uh, uh, some of the cause might be that uh, we're obviously not experts in web design. We we know enough to to be competent, but uh, there are people out there who obviously spend a lot more time staying abreast of the latest, um, not just trends, but the latest uh, policies and, sure. and latest uh, standards, if you will. And it's good to have professional people involved to make sure that you're not going in a direction that's going to take you a lot to overcome right once you realize you've gone down the wrong road one of the big one of the other big pros though is that you have not only total control but immediate ability to update that and you don't have to rely on on a on a designer or someone to to post that information there's not that disconnect where you have to call someone and say would you please update the site to say this now uh, absolutely and the other thing about that is that um, is that nobody will ever care about what you do as much as you do. Right. So the quality control issue is, is uh, a big factor as well. Let's talk a little bit about some of the tools that you use. Um, are you, you are using Auction RPM to clerk your auctions, is that right? That's correct. What, uh, what factors affected your decision to, to choose RPM, and, and what, are, what, what do you feel are some of the most important strengths and weaknesses in that platform? We were an early implementer of RPM. We, um, I think we signed on with them in 2002 when there wasn't a lot to choose from. Uh, AuctionFlex was just, I don't know if they were on the market, but they were, they may not, I don't think they were a player at the time. And really all you had to choose from was RPM or JBS and sold to Cus. There were a few other systems that, and we really, we, we analyzed it pretty heavily. And at the time, RPM was definitely the leader uh, when we made that decision. And, and it's a pretty strong product. Um, we had some early challenges with them. One of the reasons that we we chose them was they were Windows-based when so many others were DOS-based, if you could believe that, in 2002. Oh, I remember it. And Yeah. <laughs> and uh, our, so we chose RPM because that was one of the reasons we chose RPM. But some of the challenges that we had early on were that as a software company, they were not real thorough in their testing of new features before they would release those to their clients. And as a result, um, if you if you were downloading those new releases using them, um, you became the test. And sometimes that could be quite frustrating if you downloaded those releases the night before an important auction and then you were testing them at that time during your auction. Um, <laughs> in fact, that caused a few significant problems early on. I will say, though, that they um, they really tightened up on that. They improved their infrastructure. 
uh, a couple of years later and, and they became less reckless, if that's a good way of saying it, in, sure. in their releases. And, and, and maybe just because they probably don't put out as many releases as they used to, things have become tighter and the products become tighter. Um, sure. If I were to go start over today, I, I'd probably look at a couple other products pretty hard, but overall we're satisfied with RPM for our needs right now. There's obviously some limitations in regards to uh, database integration um, that uh, when you get into more enterprise management type uh, of implementation, um, there's not a there's not a lot of control over the product if if you want to integrate it into other systems that you might have. Right, so, and that's and that's uh, the biggest key is to make sure you pick a product that that fits your firm because all auction firms are different, and so you want something that's a, that's a good fit and a good match. And, and at this time, we're still you know out of the box usage of, of that product, so it works really well for us. Um, there are things that. Uh, we wish it would do better, but uh, overall, it, it's a pretty strong product, and I'd recommend it for a lot of auction companies. Not for some, but for a lot, they would they would find it to be a good product. Sure. What uh, you are you are actually one of the the few auctioneers, if I remember right, that has experience with both both ProxyBid and Maxinet as an internet bidding platform. Um, what are your what are kind of your experiences? Why have you why have you elected to use two different platforms? Are you still doing it? And uh, and what are what are the the pros and cons of each? Uh, we were also an early user of ProxyBit as well. Uh, ProxyBit is, is a great product. They're a great service. We we did our first ProxyBit auction in 2002. Or um, was it? No, 2003 we did our first ProxyBit auction. And um, I remember those days, you know, we only had uh, like six bidders uh, online. It was certainly a different time in regards to online auctions. Um, there's been a lot of development since then, but ProxyBit has been a, a really good service. The reason we chose them, of course, is because it's so it's uh, it's so easy to implement live broadcast auctions using their service, and because of that, it, it is a, it's an out of the box type of situation. Now the problem is, or the challenge is, with with ProxyBit is that it's it's uh, it's branded. So, which is fine when you're conducting an auction through their portal, they can bring traffic to your to your auction. But when you're marketing in other publications and bringing bringing traffic to them, you have a chance of losing those clients to competing auctions on the same day. So there are some limitations there that, that I think are um, going to limit their usage in the marketplace in the future as more auctioneers develop their own niche markets and decide that they need a non-branded solution. Um, that's one of the reasons we started to use the uh, Maxinet product. The Maxinet product uh, is a non-branded solution and allows us to integrate into our website that uh, static I know you don't like that word static, but uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, timed auction or that online-only timed auction that uh, that is non-branded and we're not competing with other auctions on the same day because we're not going through a portal. We've only just started to use Maxinet. We probably conducted, I believe, four uh, timed auctions with using the Maxinet through our website. And they've been... Three of the four have been successful. I'd say one of the four has been sort of mediocre. And uh, we'll continue to use it and build and develop that uh, as a solution for our clients to 
provide them uh, a timed auction solution. Um, I do see the future, though, uh, of non-branding being essential in uh, in live auction sure. webcasts. You uh, you haven't experimented at all with the with the the live bidding module in Maxinet, have you? Not yet. Okay. No, and, and that's certainly something we look at um, as we're building our as we're building building our uh, non real estate auction business. Um, we're continuing to, to to build our buyer pool, and we'll be navigating towards that non-branded solution. So we're going to be looking at a lot of different options for that. Right. Um, what are some other? You know, this is this give you a chance to to talk about anything that you think is is cool right now. What are some other some other ways that you're using technology to 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 attract more bidders and and, and buyers and sellers and 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 help your business? Boy, you know, some of the grassroots guerrilla marketing techniques have, have been what's been kind of exciting recently, and it's not anything new, um, but uh, Craigslist is a good example. I was looking at my Google Analytics account the other day, and I don't know if I want to sh- Well, I'll share this. It's not really that big of a deal. <laughs> but um, I, I was looking at my analytics account uh, the other day and, and looking at my traffic sources, and still direct traffic to our website is the largest percentage of right. people who type in our domain name directly. And for until a week and a half ago, believe it or not, Google was the, the, the largest uh, referrer of traffic to our website. So we feel pretty good about that. But until a week and a half ago, Craigslist uh, was number three, and now it became number two behind direct traffic. Really? We've actually been seeing a significant... Yeah, and, and, well, and it made us wonder, are we not getting enough Google traffic? <laughs> or, or are we just getting that much Craigslist traffic? And so, um, and it's probably a combination of both. It's a, a constant battle, search engine optimization, to 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 basically keep your keep your pages optimized for those search engines, and and make sure that you're constantly staying in touch with the standards that that the uh, search engine uh, algorithms are, are making sure that your pages get ranked. Right. So, and so, but we were surprised to see that Craigslist is driving so much traffic to our website. So I'd say that, you know, and that's just a grassroots guerrilla marketing technique that, that, uh, and we do it on an item level and sometimes we do it at an event level, but, but, and, and, and the key is not to, to over spam or, you know, to put too much on there where people get frustrated and start blacklisting your or right. flagging your listings. But, but certainly it can drive traffic to your website. Now the next question is, is it quality traffic? Um, that's debatable. Something that, and, and, I, and I, I didn't think about it, but something that may have, have had an impact on that is I know that within the last month or so, there has been uh, been some chatter in the, in, the, in the tech industry about some uh, Craigslist search uh, products, uh, websites that, that people have developed that will allow you to search Craigslist with you know, some more advanced filtering that isn't necessarily locked down by location. And so I wonder if maybe right. an increase in, in, in the use of those newer services might have contributed a little bit to that. I hadn't hadn't thought about that. That is a, lim- that is a good point. Limita- the limitation of Craigslist is that it's by location. And in a, in a, a world of uh, buyers that are so much, you know, bidding online and doesn't matter where the product is, um, that is a limitation of Craigslist. Um, we did. I'll tell you though, we did have a buyer who came to the auction we had two Saturdays ago at our facility, who 
came to us and said that they found us on Craigslist. When they came to pick up their items, they found us on Craigslist and they made purchases. And so we know it's bringing actually buyers to the auction. So that's a good, uh, and that's just time. It's not money to do that. It's just time. Well, time is money, but right. it's not a it's not a hard expense in, in that regard. Do you have pocket? Do you have someone set up on a regular basis to to put listings on Craigslist? Is that something that you do on an as needed yeah. basis? I do it on an as needed basis, and my auction center coordinator Chris does does some on an item level on a, on a, as we're as we're getting closer to the auction. We've been playing around with what's the effective time, you know, how many days before the auction. And I don't right. think we've really figured out that formula, um, but that's certainly a consideration. You know, too soon, too, too soon, you lose the impact, and too late, you don't get them. Right. So, um, I don't know that we have an answer on that, but we certainly play around with it to see where we think we're, we might get some activity. Um, but there, there are. Uh, there are some other things that we've done that, you know, other discussion groups, uh, discussion boards on specific types of, uh, we had some really nice Lalique glass in an auction two Saturdays ago, and uh, we posted uh, on a Lalique discussion group, a Yahoo group, that these items were in the auction. And um, sometimes it's hard to track where the bidders come from, but, in, but with that auction, we did have a bidder from Israel. Wow. which we thought was pretty unique to have that bidder from all the way uh, across the world sure. to uh, to participate in that. And so, um, you know, to, there, there's no doubt that it's no, you know, our markets are not, uh, you know, we're right here in the heart of Kansas City, 82nd and Warnell, but uh, so much of our buyer participation comes from so far from here. And uh, that, that's the future of our industry. And the, the the more we can make that easy for people to participate, and um, the more we can uh, build our reputation as being someone that you can trust when you look at the picture and know that the item is described properly and that flaws are any flaws are disclosed. And those kind of things are important to making sure that we're uh, we're building buyer confidence and building our buyer pool and. And, uh, and and making it a good transaction for everybody, the buyer, right. the seller, and us as the auction company. I think you're so right that that is that is the future of our industry, and it's and it's so important that auctioneers who who offer internet bidding and, and and who use use technology do get it right, so that you know because one one bad experience with with a competitor may dissuade someone from participating in one of your auctions. I know that right. that you are, are are quite an active member in the National Auctioneers Association, and you've been involved with the 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 creation of the course material and the 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 instructional level with the new auction technology specialist designation offered by the NAA. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the designation? Who would you recommend it to? Um, talk a little bit about that, if you would. Sure, um, I, I'm I'm very um, excited to have been part of that. It's uh, I think a program that's been uh, it should have been done three or four years ago, or maybe even longer. I think it's far past the time we, we really need it. And there are a lot of people in our industry that that really need to to uh, catch up, for back lack of better term. Um, the program, uh, as I, it's it hard to kind of describe. There's so much we go over in a four, is it four or five days? We do that four days. I think four days. Yeah. So much four days. There's so much that we go over in a four day period. It's hard for me to describe it completely, but but um, it, the program is 
in my opinion, was designed for auctioneers who maybe have a basic understanding of technology and are using some technology in their business, but really haven't figured out how to to kind of uh, have a strategy that uh, is comprehensive. And so by going through this course, you may go through things you already know, but it's going to be all tied together and give you an opportunity to be able to take what you learn and maybe improve on some of those things that you already knew about and create a strategy that will get you making money using technology, Um, not just, you know, having a website or not just understanding what a blog is or not just understanding uh, those, those, those items individually, but how can you tie that all together to uh, have a, have a use of, of technology that will, that will allow you to offer your items to the world and, and for the world to be able to purchase your items and for your seller to be able to make money and for you to be profitable. I think that's probably in a nutshell. Um, I think the people that should be taking that course um, is anybody that doesn't have it all figured out. Um, and that's going to be a lot of us. <laughs> so, Probably pretty much everybody. Um, yeah. And, and there's no doubt there, there are some people that are pretty tech savvy and, you know, they're doing online bidding and they're, uh, they're, they're conducting online auctions and they're, and they're, and they're doing those things. And, and for, for some of the, some of them, those individuals, this course might have a fair amount of, uh, information that they already know, but I can, say with a certainty that there there is a lot of information that uh, that can help them be more efficient more effective and in and and in the end probably get them to 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 look at some things that they weren't thinking about that might might improve their bottom line absolutely for even those even those people who are using that like you say um you and i co-taught that course in april and uh, i know that i learned a wealth of information both from you and from you know even the attendees in the class who ranged from a, a very low level of technology to a very high level of technology and experience in using uh, technology for auctions. So um, I, I would I would echo that it's 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 good for anybody who, like you say, doesn't have it figured out. So and that, and the great thing about that is, uh, uh, like so many courses that the NAA offers, a lot of education is not just in the classroom. Although I would say our this course is probably as comprehensive or more than most in in regards to actual content. Um, a lot of it is learned from from those who are in attendance and, and, and just through that sharing of information. And, and because technology is the fastest changing um, element in society today, um, it, it requires the, the content to be updated constantly. And so we can think that uh, I remember when I, when I attended my first uh, Comdex, I don't know if it's called the same thing, but it was a computer convention, the big computer, computer convention in Vegas in, in uh, the early 90s. I remember the standard then was that uh, whatever is happening right now will be different in three months. Um, and it almost seems like you could say whatever's happening right now will be different in a week. So <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, that change is just so fast, so it requires us to really be on our toes and to really keep abreast of what's going on and, and that constant evolution will create 
so much opportunity for increased knowledge and, and, and ability to continue to improve what we're doing. Well, that's it for episode seven. Thank you very much, Robert, for joining me. Thank you. You've been listening to the Auction Podcast from Auctioneer Tech. If you have suggestions, questions, or comments, or are interested in being a guest, please let me know by going to www.auctioneertech.com feedback and leaving a message. You can also post public comments about this or any other episode, as well as find show transcripts on the Auction Podcast page of auctioneertech.com. Thank you for listening. Now go sell something. <laughs>